0: You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Timeform, the trusted source of racing data and analysis, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by The Racing App, in partnership with Fitzdares.
1: Good morning, it's Friday. Charlotte Greenway filling in for Nick again, and I'll be with you through till Tuesday next week. Grade one action to look forward to tomorrow from Ascot. And we heard from Andy Edwards earlier in the week with Tom Stanley, owner of Long Presse. So later on, we'll hear from a jockey of his chief rival, Harry Cobden, on how Pick Heat might be able to get the better of the favorite. We'll also get Timeform's perspective on the race, as well as how the British contingent are stacking up for the gold cup. And finally, we've got news of the 2024 racing welfare challenges. First, though, news broke yesterday that jockey Jamie Moore had been forced to retire due to injury at the age of 39. And I spoke to him a little bit earlier to see how he was feeling about this and whether he still felt he had unfinished business.
2: Yeah, I I, I do. Um, I still felt like I was okay and riding all right. But um, I'd I'd like to have carried on till till I was 40 years old. That that was always the plan. But like I said, life, life doesn't always work out
1: like that, does it? And you had that horrible fall at Lingfield last November where you fractured your T7. It's the last time we saw you in the saddle. You've suffered some horrendous injuries throughout your career. Was it an accumulation of all of these that led to the doctors saying, right, enough is enough?
2: Um, Yeah, kind of. Um, I mean, like, I've, I've had three spinal injuries. So, I mean, if you're lucky to walk away with one, and I've, I've walked away with three. So I'm I'm very lucky there in that respect. Um Every spinal surgeon said to me to stop, and but it was more the head, uh, why I had to stop. There's, um, there's just bit of damage on the brain and stuff, and <laughs> I know it's like it's, it's not great, but I, I won't know the effects of that till probably later on in life. But, um, so yeah, I, I mean, I used to think like I broke my nose and had my teeth kicked out before, and but I was never knocked out with them. But then I've had three in eight months, and I was knocked out for over four minutes each time, and obviously. I think it was, it was the accumulation of um, of, the, of the kicks in the face that that's, that's done it, really, yeah.
1: And so. just from my Twitter feed was littered yesterday with people congratulating you on your career and singing your praises, not only as a jockey, but also as a person. All of this must be quite touching.
2: It is. Um, it's amazing how many kind people there are in the world. Um, definitely in racing as well. I mean, you, you always pick up the papers and there's, everyone seems to be fighting against each other but um, everyone's been so kind of been properly overwhelmed and it's quite strange really because I, I I, was just going to just announce retirement and be done and then Matt heard about it and he said "Can he come and do an interview and I, I just thought well, there, there won't be much but um, I have been really taken aback by everyone's kind words, it's, it's been very kind and, um, and I, I thank everyone
1: for it and looking back on your career, you've had some amazing days from when you started out with with Martin Pike right through until, of course, the great relationship you've had with your father Gary over the years. But if you had to pick one day, which one stands out?
2: Yeah, I I, I think it was my first Ingle Creek on Sire. Um, I, like growing up, I used to love that race. I'd, I've always loved down and I was, I was lucky to win the race so um that'd probably be my best day and but closely followed by the champion chase that that's another race that anyone growing up watching racing the the two mile chases are is is, is probably incredible because a lot of people hooked on the sport um so yeah to to be associated with a horse as good as him well I've been very lucky
1: and he obviously meant a huge amount to you it's well documented but why was he so special? Was it the fact that he was trained by your father and it was, you know, a bit of a family affair?
2: No, it was It was actually his afterlife, um, why he meant so much. Um, it is, I, I, like I've, I've met a uh, hell of a lot of horses and I've loved a hell of a lot of horses, but he, I, I think, because he, he took me to heights at a racetrack, another horse took me to. Um, and he was he was he was a character like he he knew me he'd call me every single morning as soon as I walk in the yard and and I mean I, I trusted him so much but then after that I was watching my little girl when she was 10 years old jumping a metre metre 10 jumps on him and <laughs> um, and and like I, I see him walking around the, the, the arena loose with a saddle on his back while I'm fixing the kids ponies and stuff or putting jumps up and one day he just walked up to a jump which would have been Probably about eighty or ninety centimeters. He just went went and jumped it off on his own accord. It was like he 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 was so unique. But it was his afterlife. Um, and I just wish he had a longer retirement. I mean, it, it hit me hard when he died um, because it's just what he did did for the kids and and my wife as well. He 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 was magic to us. And um, it's just sadly that he he passed away. He got bad infection and and he he, he couldn't get over it. You know, so
1: yeah yeah he was clearly a very special horse and it's lovely to hear some of those memories just looking forward now have you made any plans for the future
2: no I actually haven't um I I, I did the first stage of a trainer's course um I I didn't initially plan on training so I I don't know whether I will or not but um my dad's still he's still the boss here and I'll, I'll, I'll work away in the yard and um, i'm not going to jump into anything straight away definitely not you know you when you're a jockey you go from school to being a jockey straight away and and it's it's a very intense life um and the only time you really get off is when you're injured i know we've we've brought in a couple of new things now we have a, a couple of weeks off in august which has been the last couple of years which has been brilliant um but i've i've been doing it a long time and um yeah you off i've, I've put the body through a lot so I wouldn't mind just, just relaxing for a little bit although I will still be in the yard every day you know but I, I definitely don't want to jump into anything straight away
1: Yeah and just on on your dad it's it's a shame I guess for you you're watching on thinking God I'd love to be partnering some of these horses but there's so much strength and depth in the yard it's it's an exciting time
2: Yeah it, it is um, I mean we seem to be going from strength to strength and we, we do train a lot of winners now and we don't really get going until Middle to late October, really. Uh, we don't do summer jumping, and yeah, we we we, we do incredibly well. And um obviously, I'd, I'd I'd love to be riding the horses, but I, I mean, it's it's a whole big family thing, and um, I've I've been involved my whole life with it, and uh, I see how hard my dad works, and he he deserves everything, and um, yeah, like we 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 got two. For me, they're they're very good young riders in the yard, and hopefully they can um, continue the, the the success that we've been having. I'm sure, I'm sure they will.
1: And will we see you a little bit more at the races? Are you going this weekend?
2: Uh, I'm not too sure yet. No, yeah, I I, I will a bit. Um, yeah, you you'll see me around. Yes, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah I'm, although it's, 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 that's the weird thing. Everyone says you're retiring. It's like I'm. You're never going to see me again. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm still. I'm still young enough in the grand scheme of things really so yeah you, you'll, you'll always see me around
1: it's good to hear well jamie thanks so much for joining me this morning and uh, yeah wish you the best of luck for whatever comes next
2: thank you very much charlotte take care now
1: the racing post jonathan harding is with me and john we've just listened to that interview with jamie moore it's obviously not how he'd have chosen to go out but he's had a brilliant career and one that he can be very proud of
3: no, and that's exactly right. I mean, every jockey would love to go out on their own terms. Unfortunately, he's not been able to do that. But as he said, there seems to be a little bit of relief as well, actually, that he's he's got out in one piece. He has had more than his fair share of serious injuries. Uh, this most recent one at Lingfield last November, fracturing his T7 vertebra. Uh, another bang to the head. I mean, it's it's amazing, really, that he was able to come back from so many quite serious setbacks and still have that same very upbeat demeanor, still a really positive presence in the weighing room and indeed with the, the press as somebody who used to spend a lot of time doing meetings at Brighton and Plumpton and all those places where he was having lots of winners. He was always a joy to deal with. Um, he comes across as an absolute gentleman and... It's only when you retire or die, unfortunately, that people say all these lovely things about you. But I I think the feeling is that this is just a a wonderful competitor, a wonderful guy who's reached the end of his career and is quite rightly being celebrated. And look, his record speaks for itself. The grade ones, that relationship with Saad de Gruji will will go down in, in history, really. That was one of the great champion chases and that association was brilliant for that yard and for the whole family. So... He's got a lot that he'll be able to look back and be proud about, but I'm sure he's already thinking about what's next for him and wishing him all the best in that.
1: Well, with the Betfair Ascot Chase this weekend, and having already heard from connections of Long Presse on how he's getting on, I thought we best get the latest on Pick Dohi, and so I put a call into his jockey Harry Cobden earlier as he was on his way to Fakenham for five rides he's got seven tomorrow and actually I just started by asking him how he was enjoying the sort of extra grind that comes with chasing the champion jockey's title
4: I am um I think it, you know if I was doing it year in year out it would probably be a bit of a struggle but um I'm enjoying riding for lots of different people you know I'm getting plenty of outside rides and um, it's just a little bit different. I've sort of stepped out of my normal, um, normal sort of Paul Nichols role that wouldn't really ride too many spares. So it's quite nice to ride for lots of different people and it's something a bit different. And, um, I'm definitely enjoying it.
1: So do you think it's sort of an itch you've got to scratch and then next season get back to sort of where you were before?
4: I think so. I mean, it's, I don't want to ride all next summer. Um, and I don't think it's healthy to ride every day of the week uh, for you know, weeks at a time, you know, every person deserves a day off at some stage, so, um, yeah, I, I certainly won't be as gung-ho, I, I, I'll ride as much as I can, obviously, if I can do something on a certain day, which doesn't involve sitting on the back of a horse, I'll, I'll be doing it.
1: And, and what is that, Harry, is it is it farming at home?
4: It, well, uh, no, I quite like my shooting in the winter. So um, uh, this year I've turned down lots of good days, and um, yeah, it's um, you know it's just it, it just be my sort of that that's how I like to spend a day away from racing. So um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's a shame to have not done very much this season. But you're not going to become champion jockey if you spend 20 <laughs> days in the season. Um, walking around the field are you so um uh uh, so I've had to sort of sacrifice that a little bit this
1: year well it looks hopefully like you're going to add to your tally tomorrow you've got some really nice rides at Ascot as I mentioned you've got seven I won't take you through all of them because we'll be here all day because they've all got decent chances um but we'll start hopefully with Pick Dorey who of course runs in the grade one Ascot Chase takes on L'Homme Presse, what did you make of his performance last time when he was behind Bambridge in the Silviniaco Conte?
4: I thought he ran a blinder. Um, I was delighted with the way he jumped. I thought he jumped well. The only fence he missed on the way around was the last. Um, Bambridge is obviously a very good horse on his day, so, um, you know, I, I think he's um, he's more than up to going very close on Saturday. I know officially we've got to find a bit with um, L'Homme Presse, but his you know, his Lingfield run the other day was very good but um I don't know, like he did have a hard race, he was off the back of a long layoff. Um I don't but sometimes the horses that do that can sort of bounce on their second run a little bit, can't they? So um that's what I'm that's what I'm hoping might happen.
1: And just picking up on his on his last run, I think you reported after the race that he hung left handed a little bit. Is that just him or did anything come to light?
4: Um, I don't know. I didn't really um, find out after if there was if there was anything wrong with him. But I schooled him in the week, and um, he felt fantastic. He was dead straight, so uh, I, I, hopefully that won't be a
1: that won't be an issue. And ground wise, does he need it to be a bit slower to be at his best? I mean, I, you could probably argue the same for Long Pressy, but I think it's good to soft at the moment. Will that be all right? I think so. Yeah. I, I mean,
4: I don't. I'm not sure he wants it hot deep. Um, But he certainly doesn't want it quick ground. So uh, I'd say nice ground won't be a problem.
1: And Brave Kingdom, he's back this season after a long layoff. He's won both his starts over fences. He goes in the Reynolds town. He's an eight-year-old that's only run six times under rules. How do you rate his chance tomorrow?
4: Well, he's obviously not short of ability. um, Lovely big chasing type. Um, Officially, we've got a bit to find with um, Apple away. And obviously, she's getting... um, the mayor's allowance up there as well so um she's gonna be a tough nut to crack but i certainly wouldn't underestimate this horse he's got plenty of big days ahead of him
1: and might he be the type that could turn up in a uh, handicap at the festival if he puts in a good performance tomorrow
4: um i'm not sure he's probably got enough experience for that just yet um but you know he is a good horse and it wouldn't actually surprise me if he sort of turned into a I'm not sure who sponsors the race now but maybe a Lambrook Trophy or Coral Gold Cup at Newbury or whatever they want to call it so um um like he could be he could be a horse like that for next season
1: at three under through five he goes in a valuable handicap chase tomorrow he's finished uh second twice on both his starts this season will it be enough of a stamina test for him tomorrow
4: um I think so I, he doesn't actually want bottomless ground um I I think his his better runs are on sort of good, soft ground. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think the handicap has got him exactly where he wants him. He he doesn't have much in hand at all, but the only thing he is, is he's ultra-consistent. And, um, you know, if he's on his A game, I can see him going very close. But, um, yeah, it'd be just nice if the handicap would give him a bit more of a chance.
1: He's, of course, got an entry in the National. Do you see him as that sort of type of horse?
4: Possibly. He'd need to sharpen up his jumping, but, um, you know, I, I, I couldn't see the trip being an issue. I, I, I definitely think he'd stay the trip.
1: And, Harry, just before you go, I must ask you about a really smart horse you rode last weekend. Well, look pretty smart. Uh, T Shan in the bumper at Exeter. He went there with a big reputation, because I think he won his point-to-point by more than 40 lengths. It was hard work in that ground but he made it look pretty straightforward did he feel as good as he looked
4: yeah really nice horse um traveled well he was actually keen from a mile out he was settled for the first mile and then as soon as he hit the rising ground down the back he started getting a little bit keen so um for a horse to be keen for a mile out and still win the way he did um on deep ground around exeter i'd say that was a fair fair performance um yeah, he looked a really nice horse, and um, I think he's—I uh, think he'll go straight to the champion bumper now. Yeah, uh, that was—that was the—that was the—that was, the, um, was what the uh, the management were talking about. So uh, I think that might be uh, where he's—he's uh, going to go.
1: Well, he's certainly a very exciting prospect. Harry, thanks for talking to me this morning, and best of luck this afternoon and also over the weekend.
4: Lovely job, thank
1: you. Harry Cobden there. And John, we heard Harry discussing Pickdorhe's chances against long Presse tomorrow in the Betfair Ascot chase. Ahoy Seniors also in there and Sail Away completes the four. How do you read the race?
3: Well, I mean, first off, it's disappointing that we have four runners in a grade one. I think that's probably a symptom of the proximity to Cheltenham, although, of course, Long Presse is going that way. Um... It's an interesting little race, actually, with four runners. I mean, long Press is clearly the main event here. Really impressive at Lingfield after enormous amount of time off. And he sort of crept into the Gold Cup picture, didn't he, through his absence. He was one of the few that didn't actually have a chance to block their copybook. And then he came back really strong at Lingfield, beating a very good horse and protector out, a decent yardstick, who has that form in the Gold Cup, where the protector out is quite up to the Gold Cup level now to be really competitive, I'm not sure, but he ensured that it was a decent test on his reappearance, so plenty of positives to take from that, but it is his second run back after a, a long layoff. You do think that he's been trained up to the Gold Cup, so whether he'll be fully tuned for this is hard to know. Pick door, he is super consistent, a very good horse in his own right, and performed beautifully at Kempton, despite being beaten by bambridge you know he's giving a bit of weight away there and if there is a chink in long armor then pick is the type of horse who's likely to capitalize just because you know he's going to run his race he'll have been trained to the minute for this he's got Aintree on the horizon rather than cheltenham um so those two are of huge interest and then ahoy senor i mean write him off at your own risk he's he's a seriously talented horse it hasn't really gone right for him this season, I think that's fair to say. Pulled up twice, and obviously only finishing fourth in the Cotswold Chase. But if he can get back to somewhere near his best, he's he's going to be interesting thrown in there as well. And Let Sail Away has a lot to do. Um, the price reflects that. But fair play to Dan Skelton for for putting him in here. He's running for good prize money against some good horses. So. Look, an interesting race, tactically it will be quite interesting, but I, I still do think Long Press is going to take a fair bit of beating. But if there's a day to catch him, this might be it.
1: And just Ahoy Senor, he's, he's intriguing. I think the ground at Ascot at the moment is good to soft. They all, I think they've always stood by the fact that they think he's better on decent ground and he sort of tends to show his best performances in the spring. So as you say, he, he just can't be written off lightly.
3: No, the, the the form's there. He's he finished second in a an entry bowl, length and a half behind Shishkin. We all know what Shishkin's gone on to achieve. He's got all of that form with Brave Man's game. It's there. It just hasn't quite clicked for him this season. But you just don't know, do you? You don't know. if And if he's somewhere near that sort of level, then he's going to be competitive here.
1: Well, because it's Friday, we've got our regular time form segment. And this week, I'm joined by Dave Ord. Dave, just looking at the Ascot chase from a ratings perspective, are we expecting Long Presse to win this handsomely?
5: I, I, I'd love to say yes. That he's very best. Yes, you would be. But there's just a a couple of nagging doubts in there isn't it? it's the second run back after a long layoff so that dreaded bounce word springs to mind something i mean if you'd have thought back he came back from over a year on the sidelines won such a good race at Lingfield. if you think about 20 years horses coming back off that sort of setback would normally pull up on their first run back, shape well for half, or third, and then gradually build up. Nowadays, we're so good at getting the horses fit at home that it, it's the second run back that is more, more concerned than the first. So i am keeping my fingers crossed he's, he's at it his best. If you're looking at the time flow ratings for the race, give a perspective of what his chance is. He's £5 pounds clear on weight adjusted ratings of Pete Dorrie uh, with a uh, Ahoy are just another pound behind Pete Dorrie. So he's not got huge amounts in hand. In terms of that link field, Reappearance. He got a time form adjusted rating of 176. That that was big because his previous high was his Cheltenham 172. Um, he got 172, sorry, when winning the three-mile at Cheltenham. He hit 182. Well, he was going to hit 182 at Kempton. So he's only £6 off his very best on that reappearance. Run at it depends how hard a race he had. I'd love him to see him win and win handsomely. That would be fantastic. But I think I've just got my nagging out. I hope he gets a job done, but I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk.
1: Yeah, and Protectorat didn't really boost that Lingfield form when he ran last weekend against Shishkin, but he was too keen. Would you take that into perspective?
5: Yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. You were looking for him to sort of run slightly better, weren't you? It's interesting they've decided with Protector Up that they're going Ryanair, that there's there's no gold cup in the locker there. We're hoping there is one in Lompress. What what you want to see in an ideal world is a step forward from Lingfield here. Just even if it's two or three pounds, because then if he if he comes forward to buy two or three at Ascot and two or three more at Cheltenham, that puts him right at his peak. Well he's gonna to need to be in a gold cup. But yeah, it, it was a funny race a Lingfield race as well. He was rusty through the early stages. Well on top at the finish, as you say, what we've seen, protector at run since and run okay without sort of lighting up the form. Yeah, I'd, I'd take anything, marginal improvement, <laughs> that famous phrase, you see a little <laughs> bit of marginal improvement from on Thursday. On Saturday, I'd be very happy with that.
1: Yeah, and as you said, his uh, jumping was a little bit rusty early on. I'm sure he'll be a lot sharper tomorrow. Just looking ahead to the Gold Cup, we've talked a lot about the Irish Challenge. Um but what's the British contingent looking like? L'Homme and Shishkin heading the way? Are we overlooking them? All of a sudden, it's really, really,
5: now that we've got Shishkin, we've got Angelic Shishkin back on his best mm-hmm. behaviour and back on back on track, it's beginning to look stronger than people are giving it credit for. Look, the race all, all revolves around Gallopin de are He's got a weight adjusted time form rating of 192, and that puts him well clear of the rest. The last twice... He's run to a time form adjusted ratings of 192 and 185 at Leopardstown. If he runs to that, uh, the rest are in trouble. But the second top rated is actually Shishkin. The only horse who's got a performance rating anywhere near that and he's got 187 we won't discuss the squiggle we did that last <laughs> week Shishkin, in terms of talent is the second best horse in the race and then the the other two we've got brave man's game we've got long press they're right there alongside fast or slow so in terms of strength or depth we've got three british train chasers in the gold cup at the minute with weight adjusted ratings of over 180. if gallopin de champs doesn't turn up with the a game all three have got a squeak and that definitely includes L'Enfessé, presuming the wheel will stay on at Ascot and he can come forward again, which is the exciting part.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned the bounce factor, which possibly might be an issue tomorrow. I mean, there's not a huge amount of time then... From Saturday tomorrow to the Gold Cup as well for him to have it'll be three quick quite quick runs for lompresse won't it?
5: It will be that was a question people were posing about Gallop in the Champ too in that he, it, it would be a third quick run since Christmas in that he has gone 28 February but when he wasn't coming off this late layoff was it that Longpressley? It is quick and that's that's the worry with him isn't it? That's why he ran so well on that first run back that that rings a slight alarm. up but it, it doesn't need to horses have done it horses have gone forward from a big a, a long layoff and got back on the progression let's hope that's okay the case with him I think Saturday's a big day we want to see something around about that lengthier number a couple of pounds more then that will give you the hope that Verdini can get, get a bit more work into him he's had a bit more match practice he's going to turn up a Pete Lomprese in the Gold Cup is a player he, he, he'd be up there battling out if Pelopin de Champ turns up at his absolute best Lomprese still in their pitching to, to be placed behind If we've got that sort of talent so yeah the dance factor is, is a worry at Ascot and at Cheltenham but if we see something at Ascot that gives us encouragement and he's banging the pitcher at Cheltenham that's the exciting thing
1: Just one British challenger that sort of fascinates me in that Gold Cup field is Brave Man's game at a price of 25 to 1 I don't know how you've sort of ranked his performances so far this season obviously they he's been beaten three times but do you think maybe he's the forgotten horse? I think
5: that I think if you've hit the in terms of the price, he definitely is. He's, he's got a time-form adjusted rating of 183. Um, that gives him every chance of being placed. Fast or Slow is 184, for example. He's only a pound behind Fast or Slow. He's in that sort of company. His three runs this season, they've been OK. He ran to the same time-form number at Kempton on Boxing Days he did at Weatherby, behind Gentleman's Game. But nobody's better at staying, uh, training as St. Jason and Paul Nichols as he's been taken home from Kempton, all those to the Gold Cup. Paul's adamant if you're bringing him back on song. He's the one, if you're looking at the prices, You'd expect a horse with the sort of rating he's got, where he sits at the minute, to be around the sort of 12 to 1 mark. In among that, people thinking, yeah, this is a solid each-way bet. He's every chance of being placed, and he has, and I do think he's become the forgotten horse. And we do know with Paul that he relishes nothing more than getting a horse absolutely cherry-right for Gold Cup and he's done it once or twice before.
1: And just before we finish, Dave, is there a horse outside the Ascot Chase this weekend that maybe we should be looking out for?
5: There isn't. There's an alarm bell ringing already because he's carrying 12 stone at Haydock in heavy ground, which which takes some doing. I'm going to be fascinating to watch. I will do it for Sam Thomas in the um, the Grand National, the Virgin Beck Grand National trial at Haydock. It's, of course, we know he relishes the stamina test. So that was a really interesting prep when he, we saw him in accident, that That's of Lille chase we've discussed earlier. He finished third behind Blanc Presley, beaten 21 and a quarter lengths. It was a completely inadequate test for him. I think he's going to be a completely different horse back here. He's actually shaped better than the finishing position has suggested on all three runs this term. I think there's a big performance and a big staying chase in I Will Do It. It's about a seven to one chance. lot I accept the weight is a big question mark, and in the Haydock mud, I'd love to see him win a huge race for connections. And I think he will in that grand national trial.
1: Away from Ascot tomorrow, we've got the Kingwell Hurdle at Canton, and we've seen some good renewals of this race. But John, I wouldn't say this is necessarily one of them, although it's certainly competitive.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a, a fair summary, to be honest. Colonel Mustard tops the market, and, and he's interesting. He obviously has that form with Ribot, missed out to him in the Scottish Champion Hurdle. So you'd imagine those two would be sort of in the mix. Nemean Line's an interesting contender as well. He turns up in a lot of these sort of races. He's a grade two winner back in March and also won the Welsh Champion Hurdle. So he's going to be there or thereabouts. Goshen is always an interesting runner, regardless of where he turns up, be over hurdles, fences, on the flat. He's one of those real characters. Not unlike Ahoy your, I suppose. When he puts it all together, he is absolutely exceptional. Uh, when he doesn't, he isn't, <laughs> to <putting> be <it> frankly. <laughs> and and um, they're
1: reaching for the blinkers for the first time, I see. So it sort of looks like they might be throwing everything at this.
3: Yeah, and look, he's just he's a brilliant horse isn't he because you always regardless it's entertaining he turns up they don't duck any challenge with him which is always great to see and, and typical of Gary Moore I mean again we're looking at can he can he get to the sort of level that he has previously much like a and you it's not happened for him this year you know if you were to take it solely on his form this year then he'd probably be an even bigger price but you look at his win in the Kingwell in 2021 that sort of announced him as a real hurdler to follow before his mishap at the festival. He followed up in 2022. He clearly likes the track. This seems to be his sort of little niche race that he's little in the sense that it's uh, kind of his race rather than a small race. It's still a grade two. Um, this is his day, really. So if, you know, if you're willing to back him and take all the associated risks that it hasn't gone well for him this year and you never quite know what Goshen's going to turn up, then he could be interesting still.
1: And there's been a lot of talk as well about how many runners we're going to get in the champion hurdle field this year. A couple of these have got entries in it, and Lion and also Colonel Mustard. But you'd think to justify going, they'd have to put in a pretty smart performance tomorrow, wouldn't you?
3: Yeah, you say that. I think it is one of those races where actually, you hate to say it because it's, nothing's that simple and you know constitution hill you don't know what could happen which i suppose is why all these entries are in constitution hill could be ruled out of the festival i sincerely hope he's not touching wood and all the rest of it but you'd think an encouraging performance might might encourage them to just chance their arm in that race because it is likely to be a small field champion hurdle you finish third fourth fifth in it and you're still winning pretty decent prize money relative to any other race they'd be running in, it's a day at Cheltenham. If one of them were to win, would they be threatening the top ones in the market, Constitutional and State Man? Obviously not. But it could just, like you say, it could just give them that little kick and boost to think, well, let's let's have a crack at the big one.
1: We've, of course, got Haydock as well this weekend. Did anything up there catch your eye at all?
3: I mean, the, the race there that I've sort of had a, a real look at would be the, the Grand National Trial. i um, very interested to know how Classic Chase win and my silver lining is going to get on. Rated £5 higher after that win. And you never know with these horses whether they can follow up and, and win another marathon event because they do take a bit of winning over that sort of trip. But very interesting for Emma Lavelle. And there's so many familiar names in that race, as you would imagine, with these, these brilliant staying chasers. You've got the first two home in the 2021 Welsh National, I Will Do It, and Highland Hunter. Both have a chance. Iron Bridge was runner-up in that race this year. Again, very interesting. There's a few that might be sort of uh, looking ahead to Aintree now and a couple that might need a mark as well. They might need to do a fair bit of winning in these races to get there. But, um, yeah, always an interesting race, the, the Grand National Trial.
1: And while we're talking about Grand National Prospects, Possibly the one with the best chance at Haydor isn't actually running in the trial. He's running in the Albert Bartlett Novices Hurdle Grade Two, and that's Late Night Pass. The 11-year-old is a novice over hurdles. He's actually heading heading the market currently at 130. Does he deserve to be at the head of the market, or is it going to be a bit of a task for him to go to go back from fences to hurdles?
3: Yeah, I think he's he's obviously priced on his form over fences, uh, which is fairly solid. He won the, uh, the cross country at, at Cheltenham in December. He clearly loves that type of test. He's going to stay forever by the looks of it. He's, you know, he's, he's a grand national type run, run over three miles, five and a half furlongs already this season. Like you say, it doesn't always translate over hurdles. For all you might think that that's an easier test of a horse. It's almost a different skill set entirely. Kind of getting lower to those obstacles, he might be giving the first few a couple of a fair bit of air. You'd imagine, but look, they'll have schooled them at home, and I don't imagine they'll be too worried about it. But it's always tricky to have huge confidence in a market leader who is essentially using this as a prep for something else, um, because that's all it's. That's you know what connections will be looking at this probably as a stepping stone, as opposed to the be all and end all. That might not be the case for a few others in the field, so always take that with a pinch of salt. But on his chase form, he probably does just about deserve to to head the market.
1: Well, every year, Racing Welfare organises some great fundraising opportunities, and 2024 is no different. COO Gemma Waterhouse joins me now, and we'll come to the challenges shortly, Gemma. But first, I think it's probably important that we just remind everyone what exactly Racing Welfare does and who you're helping.
0: Absolutely. So, Racing Welfare is a charity that supports the 20,000 pe- people that work in horse racing. So, the people that make it all happen, and we provide um, A whole load of services supporting people with their physical and mental health and well-being and that's anyone coming into the industry when they're quite young through to those who've given a lifetime to the industry and and maybe now be in retirement so it's um it's a big charity that does a huge amount of work to support the health of racing through people
1: and from reading about past challenges i know that they're always entertaining and engaging and fun for everyone to get involved with So what have you got planned for 2024?
0: So very excited this year. We've got this trio of amazing um, events that people can get involved in. So we've got the Great Racing Welfare Cycle. We did it two years ago at Cheltenham. Um, It's a 24-hour sportif where uh, teams take on a 30-kilometre, approximately 30-kilometre loop. You do it... um, Uh, tag team so two people out on the course at any one time and then they tag team with their teammates who then go out for the next uh, circuit and it's great fun it's can be grueling you know if you only have four in a team that's tough that's a tough uh, task but if you've got eight in a team it's certainly a bit more relaxed and enjoyable and so we're doing that in the HQ of horse racing this year in Newmarket, taking in some of the wonderful and historic sites around the town um, linked to racing. So it's going to be a really, really beautiful one. That's on the 20th of July um, over that weekend, starting midday on the Saturday and finishing on midday on the Sunday. So really great one to get involved in. And then we've got our water challenge, which is the Great Racing Welfare Boat Race um, 4th of September at Windsor Racecourse and that's Dragon Boat Racing on the Thames. Teams of 11 including one drummer so don't worry if you can't uh, can't drag an oar you can absolutely hit the drum and uh, each each team will take part in a minimum of two races and then the fastest go through to final. Big fun kind of um picnic uh, barbecue kind of day really really uh, great fun And, and taking some of that on course rivalry off course onto the water and then the last one is we've got the Jurassic Coast Challenge on the 29th of September Beautiful, beautiful walk along the south coast there from Durdle Door to Swanage. Um, and you're basically chasing the sun along the stunning Dorset coast. Uh, and it's about 20 miles, I think, and around 1,443 metres of ascent. So, you know, it's it's hilly. It's going to be a task. But again, it's going to be so lovely. The camera to be wonderful. And we've already got quite a few um, big names in racing signing up.
1: This year as well, you've also set the challenge of whether anybody wants to do all three. Has anyone signed up for that yet? They... That I on. know.
0: I, <laughs> I, I haven't. I, I haven't found anyone just yet. But it's very early doors. Very early doors, and uh, we would love somebody to do all three. Um, and I've, I've definitely got. Um, I've definitely got someone doing two. I've got someone doing the cycle and the boat race. That's Rhys Flint. Um, and so we just got to get him on the on the walk as well. And so he might be our first candidate. Very sporty, very fit. He'd probably do a sleep Wouldn't even have to do any training. <laughs> um, but yeah it I, it would be great if, if we could get people signed up to do all three and you know at the end of the day we're trying to raise money for the charity we don't receive any industry funding uh, we are completely dependent on wonderful people coming along and doing these kind of events and taking part and, and raising much-needed funds for us.
1: And just for people that are wanting to sign up uh... I take it there'll be a link on your website and also do people need to have a team pre-organized? Can they sign up as an individual or how does it all work?
0: absolutely so all on our website head over there under the events section challenge events or if you follow our social media you'll see lots of stuff going up about this so you can follow the links straight from our social media channels um, you don't need to have teams for the cycle you can register as individuals or we can put you into teams or come along with a team um the boat race you do need a team um so that one you need to find at least 11 people you can have more than 11 by the way so actually um you know come along with 20 and people can jump in and out of the boat boat have a go um bring as many people as you like for the boat race um and the jurassic coast definitely not a a team one anyone individually can sign up for that um so yeah get signed up it's really good for us it's a charity if people sign up early rather than late so we know who's coming and we know that we've got lots of interest so please please don't delay sign up today so we so we know what we're what we're laying on
1: Yes, so definitely visit the Racing Welfare website for more information and also to sign up. John, I must get a tip from you, please, before you go, whether it's going to be today or over the weekend.
3: So I'm going to give you one today from the 210 at Fakenham, horse called Go Fox for Neil King. Looks like a really solid option, course and distance winner who sort of returns a better form when second over hurdles here last time and i'd imagine he should go close
1: thanks to john and thanks to all my guests today i'll be back later on from 9 p.m with the Saturday edition thanks very much for listening
0: goodbye you've been listening to nick luck daily brought to you by timeform the trusted source of racing data and analysis by the racehorse owners association and by the racing app in partnership with
3: Fitstairs.